Hey, this is welcome back to the Million Dollar Body Podcast, the intersection of physical success, time, freedom, and, and adventure. I'm Nate Palmer. If you ever felt like you've been putting in the work, but still really can't lose that lower abdominal fat and the love handles, do you feel like no matter what you did or how much time you spent at the gym, you could really never get that lower belly fat to go away? I used to be in the same position. But like, no matter what I did, the lower back and belly fat were always the first to come and last to go. I could get my arms looking the way I wanted to, my back, my chest, whatever else, but I just couldn't get those last pieces until I figured out a couple key elements. So I'm going to go into those right now. But before I do ex- like go into the specifics on that, I, want to, I just want to list off a couple of things that are bullshit that you should not even stress about. People talk all about these sorts of things. Don't stress about any of this stuff on this list. This is bullshit for love handles, belly fat. Number one, fat burners. Number two, fit tea. This is in no specific order. Detoxes and cleanses. Waist trainers, those like corset looking things. The wraps, it works. Doesn't fucking work. Keto, veganism, over-the-counter testosterone boosters, exogenous ketones, Garcinia Cambogia, and basically anything else that they're selling on the cover of a magazine doesn't work. You can skip it because all the things that really work for this are a little bit boring. Okay. So number one, the biggest thing that we need to think about here is genetics. Okay. And I think this is just setting the stage for what is important in thinking about your lower, lower belly fat love handles. Okay. Here's the rule on genetics. Whatever comes first, whatever thing that like that you gain fat first, whether that's your legs or your butt or your love handles or your belly or your shoulders or your face or whatever else it is, that is going to be the last to go. Thanks, mom and dad. Appreciate you. So if you want to change that, you just need to go back in time and find different parents with better genetics. Other than that, it's going to be really tough. When I was younger, I was actually told by a doctor that I was an exercise non-responder. Now there's been some like, research on non-responders and if that's actually a thing or not, but I should have known that this was bullshit. And I don't know if my mom took to, the, to this holistic doctor anyways, looking back on it, we should have, we should have known this was not necessarily true because he was an, a horse doctor. And that should have been obvious. His name was Dr. Ed. His office was a barn and his business was called Dr. Ed's horse doctors for horses only. So taking his advice as like an adolescent child, I don't even know why we did that. It's probably the same guy told my mom that we should be homeschooled. That's, that's not, that's neither here nor there, but just a fun fact for you. So the first place to gain is the last place to go. Um, Sometimes you're going to have a really lean back shoulders or arms, but still be holding fat in your stomach. Sometimes you'll cut the stomach fat fast but be holding it in your arms or legs or face. Okay. This is all due to genetics and all due to your personal anthropomorphology. Wow. I just screwed that word up. That's due to your personal body type about that. Most of the time that though, that like if people are like, I'm lean in my arms, I'm I'm lean in my back. I just can't get this, this last bit to go. What I see is that people need to lose about five to 10 pounds more than they thought they had to, to really get the lower abdominal fat to go away completely. So that's kind of what it seems like. I always thought I could be really lean at like 215 to 218. And I ended up having to get down to like 207, 209 to really see uh, like the level of leanness that I was looking for. So sometimes it just takes a little bit longer to get there. Um, 
So just make sure that you have the right expectations. So that's, I say this because I want to set your expectations. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen super fast. And no matter what Dr. Oz says or what supplement you're buying, it's just not going to happen by you just taking a pill powder or potion. So try it. Stop looking for the easy fixes. Start paying attention to your body. Where do you gain fat first? And then set your expectations accordingly, because there's really nothing worse than being like, I'm in a, I'm in a cutting phase. I'm trying to, I'm trying to burn belly fat. And then like being like, I'm going to do this in three weeks. I got a vacation coming up next week. And then it does, you know, it doesn't happen. You kill yourself. You're doing cardio all the time. You're eating so low, so low calories and you don't, you don't get it done. And that's all that's doing is just screwing you up and setting the stage for the next step being kind of difficult and uh, failing. Here are some things that I don't want you to do. So look at, look at genetics. Okay. Number one is checking that out. Number two is here's some things that we don't want to add in that a lot of people think, okay, more is better. I should probably be just adding in more, more X, Y, or Z, cutting more calories, just doing more. I think a lot of times doing less is actually gonna be more effective or having a to don't list rather than a to do list. Number one is cardio. We see this all the time. And I feel like doing cardio for fat loss is like daylight savings time. Cutting off an hour of time in the morning and adding it to the, uh, the end of the day doesn't make the day any longer. doesn't make you any more effective. It just makes me late for every single appointment for like two weeks. So adding in cardio, increasing your hunger and having to deal with increased hunger cravings and, 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 and while still only just using cardio as a way of burning a few extra calories is a exercise in futility. It's not going to last. It's not going to work out. And at the end of the day, you're going to have like kind of a net neutral, which is not what we're looking for. If you're spending 30 minutes to an hour on something every single day, there's a lot of things that are better bang for your buck. Court, cardio can also increase your cortisol levels, your stress hormones, depending on how stressed your life is on a regular basis, which can increase fat retention to save it for energy, especially if you're already eating in a deficit and doing a lot of cardio. Hit workouts or conditioning circuits, another type of exercise that sounds good, but in reality is not helping you out long-term. Sure, you can burn more calories in a HIIT workout than you can do in steady state cardio, but also the recovery deficit, what you owe from doing that type of work increases. So whereas cardio, you can recover pretty fast. HIIT takes a little bit longer to recover from. During that time, your body isn't able to do more stuff, train it any harder, and is, is going to have elevated stress cortisol levels, which can lead to additional belly fat. So again, just kind of spinning the hamster wheel. So like maybe this will move the needle just a tiny bit, but if you're always taking, you know, three steps forward, two and a half steps back, that's not going to, that's not going to give you the, the biggest return on your investment, especially if you already are low on time. I know a lot of busy men in this group don't have a ton of time to devote to doing an hour, two hours of cardio every single day. Skip the hit. You don't need it. Number three is we train abs every day. We don't need to do that, okay? A lot of people are like, what, what can I train? How can I do abs every day? I just need to get rid of X. I just need to get rid of the, the pooch. And they think that by doing more abdominal exercises, it's going to lead to more abdominal fat loss. And that's not true. We cannot spot reduce in that area, okay? It's like being like, oh, I need to burn my shoulder. I need to burn some fat on my shoulders. Let me just do a million side raises. Well, you can't train your shoulders every single day with, and stay injury-free. And you don't want to train a muscle group all the time if you're interested in actually having it grow because it's not growing in the gym. It's not growing during your sets of crunches. It grows during the recovery period when you're sleeping, when you're resting, when you're eating. So we need to prioritize the recovery. So training abs every day, exercise and futility takes up time, hard on your back, and it's unnecessary. It doesn't do anything for you. It's not beneficial at all. So let's put our energy and our focus into the shit that actually works. And we know what that shit is, okay? Laying it out.
So yeah, so that's a bummer. You can't spot reduce really, um, aside from, you know, getting liposuction, but it also doesn't matter how many ab exercises you do or how strong your abs get if your body fat isn't low enough. So that brings us right back to like that. Might take, might take another five or 10 pounds to get there, okay? So don't stress. You wanna train abs the same way we train other muscles. We wanna do progressive overload. We wanna get stronger or have get, be able to get more reps in over time, doing about eight to 15 reps and then give yourself time to recover between workouts. So how many ab workouts should you do in a week? No more than three, no more than three. Or you can space out a couple different ab moves uh, on different days, as long as you're training all aspects. So maybe one day you'll train the transverse abdominus, doing some stomach vacuums. We'll talk more about that in a minute. One day you train the obliques. Um, one day you train the flexion, the rectus abdominus, your six pack. Um, and then also training, not just flexion, but also anti-flexion, holding yourself like a plank, um, or anti-extension, same thing. And then if you're training rotation, like a, like a twist with a cable or a band, you're also training anti-rotation where you're just holding it in front of you and doing a really solid isometric hold. That's going to help your body um, get the most out of those abdominal, abdominal work. By the way, a lot of those isometric moves where you're hitting the transverse abdominus, the transverse is basically the girdle that wraps around your, your midsection and holds everything together. So number one, it's great for power. If you want to throw, throw harder, run faster, Anything that, that requires you to translate power between the upper and lower body, you need to have a strong transverse abdominus to do that. Number two, great for low back health, okay? If you have a weak transverse, you're gonna put all that pressure on your spine, your low back's probably gonna hurt. And if it already hurts, that's something that's probably already happening, unless you're in a car accident, something like that. But even that, having more of a, tra a better transverse is going to get you recovered faster, help you get back on your feet. And number three, having a strong transverse abdominus will actually narrow your waist. And we're gonna talk about a perfect proportions and how you can achieve those, even if your belly fat isn't quite where you want it to be. Stay tuned. So um, those are the, yeah, make sure that you're training all aspects of your abs. You're not training them every single day. Three times a week probably is plenty, even if you're splitting up the exercises. So here's what we need to do rather than um, what we need to cut back on, which would that list I just gave you. Uh, training abs every day, hit workouts, conditioning circuits, uh, and adding in more cardio. We don't need to do that. Uh, so we do need to increase our walking, get more protein in our meals, work on strength training, and then work on this really, really difficult muscle to train, which is called patience. A client told me that he wanted to get in shape for a beach vacation that was coming up shortly. I said, hey, you can eat tilapia and broccoli, do cardio daily, and you'll get fast results, but then the weight is going to come all right back and perhaps more of it, okay? Or... What you can do is you can weight train, you can walk more, you can eat reasonably. You'll get slower results than if you did some sort of crash diet, but you'll get to keep them. You'll have a better metabolism. You'll feel healthier. And he goes, yeah, but how fast will the weight come off if I do the first option? And I was like, well, that's it. You're fired. So don't be like that. Don't be that person where you have to have those short results. Number one, if you're trying to get in shape for a vacation that starts in three weeks, you already missed your window. Okay. Go ahead, have a good time, get back on plan. Getting into a really good rhythm can often take three months, six months, even 12 months, depending on where you're at. So don't stress about putting in that time. You'll be so glad that you did. You know, they say, they say like, best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Second best time right now, right? You know, that's, that's a little bit pithy or whatever, but um, there's, a, there's a point to that. So just make sure that you have setting yourself up for success by giving yourself enough time to do this stuff, Okay. So increase your walking 10,000 steps per day. That's a pretty good number. Is that the right one for every single person? Nah, can you go with 8,000 steps? Sometimes, but 10,000 10, steps is a great number to shoot for. 
Uh, rather, it's going to do more for you than a complicated cardio routine or cutting out all foods that start with the letter T or whatever the newest fad diet is. Um, so make sure you're getting those steps in, whether that's a walk in the morning that's a little bit longer, whether it's through a couple of different walks during the day, you're getting up from your from your chair, get it in how you can get it in. And then if you're like, how do I know I'm gonna get, how many steps I should get? You can get a pedometer on Amazon for like $6. Or if you have your phone in your pocket with you, you can track that on the health app. There's a lot of other trackers or a ring will track that. Um, Fitbit, that sort of thing. So get those steps in. That is such an easy thing to measure. Uh, it gives you a great little boost when you hit it. And also you're going to feel good. You're going to look better. You're going to burn more fat. Like it's just, there's no downside. And plus it's free, you know? So and I'm trying to tell you things that are free and helpful and rather than just being like, yeah, you got to go buy this supplement. It's really expensive made of uh, pure yak's blood. Skip it. Gwyneth Paltrow. The new rule for 2022, this is the new rule, million dollar body rule right here. We are not eating foods that don't have protein in them. If that meal doesn't have protein, we skip it, okay? If, it, if you're going out and you're like, hey, we got this and you're like, that's carbs, that's carbs, that's fats, skip it, don't eat it. We do not eat stuff that does not have a protein component in 2022. We are elevating, we are manifesting. We are the million dollar body community. We're here to stay. So that's our rule for 2022. Have more protein at meals. Make sure that every meal prioritizes protein. And if it doesn't have it, skip it. Promise you won't be upset by skipping one or two meals next year. You'll be fine. Strength training. Let's get that. Let's add that in. So two to four days per week of strength training is awesome. Um, and building and strength training is hard. Building muscle is hard. It takes a long time. But like I said, if you started this a couple of years back, wouldn't you be thanking yourself right now if you put yourself in this, this position? So making sure that you are getting those strength workouts in because that's going to build your metabolism over time. It's going to allow you to eat more pancakes. And then what's, gonna, what's nice is that if you, let's say you added in an additional 10 pounds of muscle, every single day you're burning an additional 100, 150 calories. It doesn't sound like a lot. When you add that up over the course of a year, you're now talking about 30,000 additional calories. That's 10 extra pounds. Most people over the course of like five years will gain about 10 pounds every five to 10 years uh, just from like being sedentary and sitting around. So if you gain 10 pounds of muscle and you can offset that age a lot more gracefully, be bulletproof, feel good, look good in a tank top. Why not? This is so much more important than, than doing your cardio. So doing your strength training workouts and actually building muscle is like investing in like a long-term, a long-term like IRA, something like that, where it's like, a, like where you can access it later and you're going to get all these benefits versus um, cardio is like, you know, investing in penny stocks today, trying to like do some day trading. Yeah, it can pan out in the short term, but in the long term, you'll probably lose more than you gain and you're going to be frustrated with it. So start, just start slow, build up from there. Think about 25, like a what like a $25 a month investment is going to do for your IRA. That's what a 15, 20 minute workout every single day is going to do for your health and wellness in, in the long term. And then patience, patience is hard and it sucks. And we hate it. And everybody hates it. And you're not alone in thinking that it's, that it's overrated and stupid, but you also got to remember again, expectations. You know, if you can set your expectations, Hey, it's going to take a little bit longer than I thought. Maybe it's going to take six months on a, on a, any good goal is going to take about six months because not only do you have to get there, then you have to stay there because if you just get there and you go back down, like who gives a shit? It doesn't matter. You, all you did was slowed your metabolism down even further and you don't get very many of those. So if you're gonna, if don't yo-yo all the time, up and down, up and down, up and down, okay? Let's make 2022 the last year that shit happens. 
get a good framework, get a good format for, for being successful, and then move on, do other stuff. The great thing about being in shape, a lot of less things to think about, a lot more time to do stuff that's actually important to you. So thinking about your results, what phase of the journey are you in? Are you just starting? Are you in phase one right now? Awesome. You're going to get faster results, but don't expect to get that low, low body fat percentage in the first month or two of your, of your journey. Are you in phase two? Great. Your results are going to slow down. You'll probably hit plateaus. That's normal. Keep going. Okay. If you, if so, like if you're listening to this and you've been seeing some progress, losing a pound or two a week, you're getting there. It's just, it's not feeling like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not absolutely killing it. Keep going, keep going. You're doing a good job. Don't don't stop. Don't switch it up until you hit a plateau for at least two weeks. And if you have that, reach out to me, send me a DM, shoot me an email, nate at n8trainingsystems.com. And we can talk about what's causing that plateau. How do we bust that thing? How do we bust that bad boy way open? So what we want to do is we want to increase our walking 10,000 10, steps per day, get more protein at meals, aim for your body mass in, in grams, essentially. Uh, do more strength training two to four days per week, and then exercise that patience muscle, which is my least favorite muscle to train, but it makes a big difference long-term. Also just takes a lot of stress off your brain. If you're not constantly thinking like, I got to get this done in three weeks, that's stressful, man. Relax, relax. It's going to be all right. And then the last thing is that sometimes belly fat, that lower belly fat, that, that love handles, it's not as important to get rid of that as having a good proportion of your shoulders to waist ratio, that V taper. Okay. Because naturally humans, men and women, both are drawn to symmetry and this, what's called the golden ratio. So you want to make sure that like, if this is important to you and aesthetics are important to you, what we want to do is we want to have a, a specific ratio of waist size to shoulder, shoulder size. And because even if you have a little bit of extra fat, no one's going to notice that because they're going to be naturally drawn to that V taper that you have on your, on your body. So it's kind of like, that's what all um, people who are like Hollywood actors, they'll always try to, to nail this V taper or get this right proportion because it makes them look bigger and leaner for the movie. So they have to do a little less work. They can get away with a little bit more if the proportions are right. So what we want to do is we want to assign our waist a value of one. And if the waist is one, we want our shoulders to be 1.61, 1.618. If you're really trying to be get into that golden ratio. 1.6 to 1 basically is what we want shoulders to waist ratio. So one easy way to do this, get your waist narrower, doing transverse abdominus exercises, the, the ab vacuums, okay? We're deep breath in and breathe all the way out. Crunch your abs, can't really breathe. Make sure that you exhale everything out, push everything out of your stomach, and then hold that tension. You should feel that tension in the core, especially in the lower abs. I do this at stoplights. Um, so you can, that way you can get in like one, five, 10, every time you're driving, uh, and you don't have to like sit down and do a bunch of them all at once. So ab vacuums are a great way of doing this. Number two, and I'm not going to get into this because I already did a podcast on this like a month ago is the th hit the right three muscle groups. There are three specific muscle groups that can help you build out the V taper. Um, bench press squats and deadlifts are not on that list at all, but there's a, there's three that I think you should always be working on. And if you want that information, that's, that uh, is in a podcast from, I think, uh, mid-November. So you can check that out or I, I'll throw it up in the group as well if you, wanted to, if you wanted to see that. By the way, if you're not a part of the Million Dollar Body community, definitely check that out. n8trainingsystems.com slash group to join us there. So make sure that you are 
um, thinking about not just like, how do I get this last little bit? Because when you're, when you're able to grab your belly and like, hold it and be like, how do I get this little bit? Number one, you're sitting down and you're doing that and you're scrunching your stomach. So you're never, you're always going to be grabbing a little bit more than is actually there. Number two, that's subcutaneous fat or below the skin fat, which is perhaps not something that you would enjoy, but it's not dangerous, not visceral fat. It's not organ fat. It's not going to mess with you long-term. So maybe you don't want it and that's fine. I love you having your own goals, even if they are aesthetic or vanity goals. I got a lot of vanity goals. It's no sweat at all, but just make sure that you have the proper expectations around how long it's going to take you, what you should be doing and how to get there. And it's not more cardio, cutting more calories, dropping getting rid of deleting. Sometimes it's a lot of it is just getting back to the basics, walk, strength, train, get the protein, drink enough water, get enough sleep, and you're going to get it done. If you're struggling with this, reach out, send me a DM, jump in the emails, and I'll help you out with this. Other than that, hope you're having an amazing day. I will talk to you later.